man. I think it's over. I think the season's over. Suns lost the season opener by 12 points by a score of 110 to 98 to Denver. And you know, it's over. That, that, that's it, guys. I'm just yeah, right, dude. Who cares, man? Okay. First game of the season. Yeah, you're going to have some blips. Yeah, it didn't turn out necessarily the way that we want. But you know what? The regular season is back. The Suns Jam Session is back. Matthew is back. How you doing, man? Not the result that we wanted, right? No, not at all. I mean, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And we finished last year with a loss. Let's start this season with a loss. Let's get it out of the way, you know? And honestly, I'm not too worried. They came out. They look pretty good. It seems like the same team. Just some players on our team like Devin Booker just had an off night. We'll get it together, though. I like what I saw. Overall, I, I actually really, really liked what I saw. So I think going forward, dude, we got a lot to build on this loss tonight. But uh, eh, we got it out of the way. That's that's for sure. Uh, a lot of things to build upon. Can can you see me? Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you for sure. You are off and on, though, from, yeah, uh, I have from me crappy, seeing your beautiful face. I have crappy connection here. Oh, cool. There this I go again. But, okay. <laughs> but you can still hear me, right? I can hear you perfect. Yeah. Great. I have crappy internet connection here in Palm Desert, California. So you can definitely blame the Palm Desert. Uh <laughs> That's, that's gotta be was like like I I'm like gonna, this. I'm gonna keep like trying to turn my camera on, and it's gonna keep like yeah. just booting me probably. But you know what? The inconsistency with my camera situation is the same exact thing that went on with the Phoenix Suns. Oh, there I go again. Yeah. The, the same thing that went on with the Phoenix Suns today. The inconsistency shooting, the inconsistency from uh, defending the three. Plenty of things to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, but this is a reminder to everybody that even though you might not see me, and you will. And then you won't, and then you will. But you know what? If you're listening to the podcast, please please, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you're here on YouTube, there I go again. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. Awesome. Stop. I'm just Let's gonna go, leave it. <laughs> Stupid fucking internet in Palm Desert. I swear to God. This hotel, the stories I could tell about this hotel I'm at, dude. I'm walking oh, haunted out, stories. I'm walking out in the parking lot yes, or this morning, walking to my truck, and there's like the whole place just reeks of weed, which I don't care, but like there's bongs and stuff yeah. like on people's windowsills. I put water in the refrigerator here like the shelf broke when i first checked in i checked into a place that didn't have a tv that worked you know oh, yeah. so 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 then they were like they had to move me to another room and now it's like an ada room so it's like everything like the ironing board is two feet tall it's just it's been a nightmare yeah. just like the phoenix suns it's but, all right man uh, i got you covered on my side i got the beautiful artwork from craig hamill is it craig craig yes. hamill um he approved me to actually put some stuff up so this is one of my favorites so i got it going for the first game so tell and, everybody uh, where, so, where they can follow Craig at. Oh, Redbubble. I don't know his ad thing, but you know him on Twitter. Everyone knows him. If you're in the chat right now, you know who he is. I'm sure you know his uh, Twitter handle, right, John? Of course. It's Craig A. Hamill. Uh, you know, at you Craig A. Hamill does fantastic artwork relative to the Phoenix Suns. So if you're watching the podcast live, you can see up behind Matthew is some of his beautiful artwork. And if you're interested in having your artwork displayed behind Matthew, go ahead and just submit that to the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lucy. <laughs> what are you Sorry, laughing dude. at, dude? Because you're just you're nothing right now, man. I'm not I, even there. I'm not. No, even you're here. just a machine right now. I mean, ah, I, I kind of like it, but we'll get through this. <laughs> well, you know, maybe I'll I'll, I'll try. I'll try at some point. You know, I'm, I'm even trying. Like literally, as we talk, I'll just I'll like I'll make it look more like more like me. Maybe you know. Let me, okay. let me put a new yeah, avatar. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Darth Voida, there you go, man. Uh, what All what right. kind of beer are you drinking? 
I got a Coors Light. Coors Light today uh, for the next 10 games. So 10 what do you games. got? You got well, one? Well, hold on. Talk to yourself. I'm talking to myself right now, talking about my Coors Lights. I got 10 of them. I don't drink them unless I'm on the podcast. So I'm assuming John bought one beer for tonight from the cafe that, downstairs, right? That's right. I got, you know, let, let's, I got a big ass 805 because I'm in the 805. I love this. My camera is just like not working whatsoever. It's fantastic. It's not even like plugged uh, in. It's all right. We'll I can roll do this. It, like man. this is like this is the crappy camera right here. Oh, there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> it's not. Let's do oh, that. Man. But but see here, got the big big eight hundred five. I'm gonna need it to drink this one. So it's been a while since we've chugged with some fellas. I'm not doing that because we didn't win. Right. But you know what? Pop them if you got them, yeah. Suns fans. Oh, there it is. And let's talk about this game against the Denver Nuggets on a Wednesday night in Phoenix. Yeah, I know. It wasn't really the result that any of us wanted today. Everyone was excited for the regular season to start. And ultimately, the Phoenix Suns lose 110 to 98 to the Denver Nuggets at home. Um, you know, I'll just I'll I'll start it with the same thing I always start all of our, our podcasts with. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, were you watching the ESPN feed or were you watching the uh, Bally Sports feed? Yeah, no, I was watching ESPN. Um, I didn't even know it was on Bally Sports. So I just did ESPN. I didn't want to touch my TV. I didn't want to have the what you have going on right now with (laughs) technical difficulties. My stuff over here is a little sensitive, too. So I wanted to make sure to leave it on there and not mess with it. But ESPN is where I went. Yes, I guess they suck. They suck. and They sound just as bad as we do. Um, But. You know, it's all, what did you do? What what did you got going on over there? Well, that, that's not what I was going to ask. Um, <clears throat> so I had it on ESPN, but I was also streaming it through Bally Sports on the computer because I just want, you know, I like hearing from EJ and K-Ray. And the question yeah, I have to yeah. anybody who's watching that actual feed was, where the fuck did they put K-Ray and EJ, man? They're oh, like I, up ha- in the- I saw that. <laughs> yeah, what is that? They have them on like, the upper deck or something? Like they, they don't get courtside out. anymore? Yeah, I you know I hear it's actually pretty pretty tragic when those guys rolling from ESPN they kick everybody out, right? Is that the thing? Yeah, I think I just, so. That's pretty. Unless someone up, had man. COVID, they had to move them up there. I'm not sure what happened, man. I don't know, man. But it Poor was guys. Just but, one game, though. Yeah, it was just one game. But still, I was just like, what the hell are they doing all the way up there? That doesn't make any sense. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. A hundred and ten percent. So mm-hmm. you know, t- taking a look at this game against the Nuggets, you know, obviously the expectations are high for the Phoenix Suns coming into this season. And where where do you want to start, Matthew? What topics should we hit first? What do you think, John? What should <sighs> we do, do? Why did we lose, Matthew? Why did why we do lose? You think, why do you think we lost this oh, game? Okay. I thought you were going to drop something, but I can go no. into why we lost. Yeah, um, you can so, drop, you you can drop things too. You know? No, nah, that's fine. You're the controller. <laughs> I um. So I just I think it was a good game. I think there was a lot of things that we kind of saw in this game that we saw last year. A lot of it was kind of like, hey, DA's here in the first quarter. DA's playing great. Oh, don't give him the ball into the fourth quarter. So stuff like yeah. that again. This movie all over again. Yeah. Booker couldn't hit a shot. He couldn't hit a floater. That is big. I mean, obviously, he had a lot of wide open threes. He had a lot of, a lot of wide open mid-range shots. 
could not get to go down. Chris Paul did not have his best facilitating game. I didn't look at his stats yet, but I just know from just watching him, there was just times where it's just like if he was missing Aiden, he wasn't doing too too good of a job moving the ball later in the game. So things like that that are very, very little. I think the rest of the team played actually pretty fantastic. It's just those guys, of course, have to get you over the hump. And when they're not hitting those big three, that's why you lose the game. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's that aspect of it. And, you know, as you mentioned, it was it was a lot of the same old movie that we've seen numerous times in watching the Phoenix Suns in games where they lose. And, you know, it they're a team that almost feels like they get overconfident, if you will. They, they put on a good run. They play some solid offense and defense like they did in the second quarter. Yeah. And then they just kind of take their eye off the ball for a little bit. And you saw that at the end of the second quarter. And we've seen this numerous times where the Denver Nuggets went on a 9-0 run to end the second quarter, which was capped off by another buzzer beater. You know my how much I hate those. But Nikola Jokic <laughs> yeah. hit a yeah. 28-foot buzzer beater. And, you know, that... Mm-hmm that essentially got them down to uh, I think it was like an eight point lead, seven point lead going into the halftime for the Phoenix yep. Suns. And that continued right into the second half where they came out aggressive and, and playing physical and the Suns were relying too much on the three ball. I mean, the, the first three possessions for the Phoenix Suns in the second half were a three pointer by McHale brick, a three pointer by Jay brick, a three pointer by Jay brick. And if you look at the starting lineup for the Phoenix Suns, everybody scored in double figures with the high man being Mikhail Bridges at 16, except yeah, for yeah. Jay Crowder, who had two points that came off of free throws. He was 0 for 5 from deep. Eight rebounds, two assists. And we've had this conversation numerous times in the past relative to Jay Crowder, where, you know, you kind of get what you get from Jay. And, you know, it's going to be acceptable either way. You know, he's going to have those nights where he goes five for six from deep. And you're like, yes, Jay. And then you have nights like tonight where he's 0 for 5. But what really frustrated me about Jay Crowder more than anything in this game was his lack of physicality and his last his lack of being effective on the other side of the ball. I don't care about the offensive side of the ball. He was a ghost on the defensive side of the ball. What did you see from Jay if you even noticed he existed? No, yeah, it was much of a lot of the same where we just expect, you know, those games during the season where he's just going to be that way. Defensively, I guess sometimes in the playoffs he kind of held his own, but honestly, a lot of the time he really he couldn't. And I'm I don't really expect him to. I know he can body up the big guys once in a while, but it's biting them up, fouling them, just doing the little dirty things, but it's not going to last. And plus, a lot of this you have to look at it's just the first game, right? So I think a lot of the confidence, too, the Suns had coming into this year is like, hey, we've been there before, right? And we saw it last year, like you said, where you go into halftime, the buzzer beater, and you lose any kind of momentum going in there. You, you don't think it's going to drag over to the third quarter, but it does. Mm-hmm. And I think it happened maybe more just because the Suns are very comfortable. They're very comfortable with who they are, and then they know they have the bench unit who comes in and helps in the third quarter. But things like that, I'm just like, Jay Crowder, I don't think can help this team get them over the hump. Either he's hitting his shots or he's not. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just things I focus on with him. Defensively, if he's there, you know, I just don't pay attention to that too much, honestly. Well, and I think that was my challenge with him tonight. Is every every time you notice him, you're just like, oh shit, Jay Crowder. Like, and this kind of plays into your narrative, you know. And I think uh, who just said it in the chat? Oh man, I missed it. Where was it? It was it was pretty much saying. Uh, that Cam Johnson needs to be our starting four moving oh, forward. Wow, you know, already, which is right? which which plays right yes. into your narrative of you know how much you love uh, Cameron Johnson. Lights, Cameron, action.
How, how do you feel about Cameron tonight? I wasn't really overly good. impressed. You know, I mean, came in yeah. off the bench, had 11 points, four for 10. So definitely was more aggressive than he's been in the past. Three for five from three, which was very sexy. Uh, he had the two rebounds and the one assist and a steal. So you said you felt really good about him. Tell me why. Um, His movement was really, really well. Um, He, the movement without the ball, everything that he was doing without the ball. And then when he was gaining more attention from the the ball handler, he was ready, he was set, and he was ready to shoot the threes. A lot of times last year when he would get the three or get the wide open shot from three, he would be more hesitant. Tonight, he wasn't. And even if he did have a hand in his face, he jacked him up. But the way he was just set and ready for those balls was just, it was it was a bigger difference from what I saw last year. It was something where it looked like he's really been working on that. And even the off-ball things going to the rim, like he's constantly moving, whether it's the second team, whether it was with Chris Paul, he's running, doing the picks, he's running off the picks. He was doing everything tonight, even if it's like statistically it might not be that great, but he was he looked like he made the biggest jump from offseason this first game. It just looked like it was him on the floor, and it might not have been spectacular, but I just noticed his movement was just very, very, very precise, and it, he had everything down to like almost being almost kind of like in a perfect way where just his footing was just always there and just spot on, man. I I loved his work tonight a lot. I lo- I look forward to this all season long. Oh, man. I know you do. That's why we have the, the lights, camera, and action segment because you know we're definitely going to be analyzing how he jumps from second year to third year. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I was necessarily as impressed as you were. It's not ne- the stats because now that I, you know, I, when I read his stat line out loud with those eleven points and three for five from deep, I was like, oh wow, he played better than I thought he did. Uh, I feel like he was a little spotty. You know, again, I'm looking at these guys on defense, and I think that the big takeaway that I have from this game, as I mentioned Jay, as I talked yeah. about Cameron, is our perimeter defense was shit tonight. That's what it really came down to. If you look overall how the Denver Nuggets shot from three, uh, they went 17 for 39, and you know the Suns went 14 for 37. So it's not a huge disparity there, but it feels like, the perimeter defense and the hustle for the Phoenix Suns was present in the first half, and the majority of those threes came in the second half. I mean, that's how they started off the the, the second half. Was, uh, Jeff Green, three. Jeff Green, three. Yeah. Monty Morris, three. You know, it's like the second half, our perimeter defense really went to shit. And Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, the guys that, you know, I've, I've kind of uh, have, you know, at least on this podcast, have noticed that they didn't necessarily play a good job on the defensive end. I feel like they were really collapsing on the interior a little too much and just not, and they were having some poor rotations and, and that's not to say that happened the whole game. You know, the second half, that's when I saw that the first half, everybody looked really crisp. You know, there was the, the, that run that they gave up in the first uh, quarter. And then, you know, the Suns put a run on them, you know, by mm-hmm. going to what, like a 16 0 run, something to that effect. Yeah. And that, and it's because, and, a lot of it was because Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, they were creating havoc on defense, which led to the easy offense. You really started to see or or did not see that in the second half. And that was what I noticed with Cam Johnson. Is he looked slow. And, you know, I get it. It's the first full game of the season. A lot of these guys had tired legs. I mean, even if you look at Denver, like they were just shooting threes. It's not like they were doing anything crazy uh, intense relative to how they executed their offense they had tired legs too but they were hitting their shots whereas the suns weren't yeah and in the second quarter they did pick up the defense it was nice to see that because at first i thought they actually played pretty well i thought they played pretty decent a lot of stuff was just not falling for them defensively of course it wasn't there 
But what they were doing offensively looked good. Everyone that was on the court was playing great. Nothing was falling. Second quarter, defense picked up. Then the offense comes. And that was the thing last year, remember? When the when you're playing the defense, everything comes at the other end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly kind of what happened tonight. They kind of just got, you know, they, they were second-guessing themselves on defense. They weren't hitting. They weren't getting to their man when they had to. Um, the rotations were bad and a lot of it too, maybe even the nuggets, you know, the nuggets come in here. They want kind of a redemption getting swept last year. They're going to play hard. Yeah. They're going to get, you know, they're injecting ice into their veins, you know, in the fourth quarter where it's not even, you know, the game's not even over yet. So you're doing that against the sun's team that went to the finals. This would never happen with a guy injecting ice in his veins (laughs) 10 years ago or the last 10 years here in Phoenix before last year. You know what I mean? That's just Mm -hmm. things that you're going to see a lot now. With these teams coming in here, man, they want to make a statement, especially an old, a team that got swept. They want to come in here, and they're going to get they're, when they get on fire. It's going to be a different feeling for them, and it's just it carried on through the through the. I thought the Suns had a chance in the fourth to come back, and they just missed a lot of wide open shots like Booker. Yes, but big then, time. but then when you're the Nuggets and you're just feeling it, it just never ended for them. And I thought it might have stopped a little bit, but no, it just kept going. Yeah, and you know. uh Shouting out Hey Dot Zero who dropped four ninety nine in the super Thank chat. You. We appreciate that. We're gonna use those funds to try to get Matthew Cameron Johnson jersey. Uh, and he states that <laughs> we need to be more aggressive, especially in the second half. We had a great energy in the first half, and that's exactly echoing the point that we're making. You know, consistently, you just need that energy to carry through the entire uh, game. And you know, I wasn't obviously present at the arena. I'm in Palm Desert right now, Matthew. You weren't present. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear how the energy was in that second half because they were definitely, I mean, they were making comments on ESPN. They're like, wow, it's like the NBA finals in here. You know, at halftime, they're like, they're crushing it, you know, from a sound yeah. standpoint, from an engagement standpoint. And I think that with that second half, the way that it started with the Nuggets going on 11 2 run, that really sucked the life out of the building. And I don't know if it ever truly recovered uh, for the Phoenix Suns. The guy who I thought really made. You know, who who definitely looked different. And, you know, you mentioned Cameron Johnson. You're like, hey, you know, everything that I've been waiting for, all the excitement that I have, I saw it tonight. That's how I felt about this guy. The Warden. The Warden looked good tonight, man. Mikhail Bridges was effective. He was aggressive. He was playing on both ends. Uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he ended the game with the, the high point for the Suns with 16 uh, he had five rebounds seven for 16 from the field he shot the most attempts for the Phoenix Suns tonight uh, he did have a block he did have a steal I mean he looked really crisp he looked aggressive and you know those are the two guys that we'll be talking about all year is Cameron Johnson and Mikhail Bridges and to see if they really can make that jump to the next level uh, I really liked what I saw from McHale tonight. Quickness, aggressiveness. You know, when Devin Booker came back in the game in the fourth quarter, it was McHale Bridges who was actually connecting on shots. Yeah, he honestly, the defense, what I noticed from his defense, just really quick, was mm-hmm. he seemed like he was in, in the post. He was more of a presence, keeping his hands up, deflecting some balls, had a nice block shot. But I don't feel like he saw that a lot last year. A lot of last year, I feel like it's like a defender would would pass him by then either DA or someone else that's playing center at the time would have to, you know, help out with them. Tonight, it seemed like he could stick with guys more. He can keep his hands up, stay out of foul trouble. Um, I actually liked a lot of the aggressiveness on offense too, which is the ball handling seemed better. The cutting, getting to the rim, a few plays. He backed down the smaller defender, you know, and the defender tried to take the seat out from underneath him. He held onto the ball and then had a nice little layup. Like those are little things that you just, you saw that's a difference with the ball handling 
and the aggressiveness on the defense and the defense it's always going to be there right and like how much mm -hmm. better can he get and then you see that thing where he's just like in the paint being a big body kind of and it's just like oh okay so he can hang with those guys down there a yeah. little bit it wasn't like a consistent thing all night it was just something that happened once or twice and i was like well you know i don't think i've really seen that that's the one thing that's really weird about trying to remember what he did last year as a whole but that literally kind of that kind of like sparked my my imagination of like hmm is this something he's like actually working on and he you know he's like lifting weights and getting bigger to help deandre and help whoever's in there even jamel mcgee with a second unit to be a bigger body so i don't that was a little weird thing that i thought of no, I think you're right. I mean, that's obviously going to continue. I mean, remember Alex Len? Remember how skinny Alex oh, Len was? Him. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, and you look at him now and he's a brick shit house. And I'm not going to say, I'm not saying Mikhail Bridges will ever get to that stature, but he's definitely going to put the work in, in the offseason. I mean, he does this professionally. He's going to try to add some weight to, so he can be effective down there on the block. And I think that it was effective tonight. You know, he did take a couple drives and he could finish. I mean, he's so quick. I mean, there's the the one play where Devin Booker bounce passes to him and he jams it in. I mean, he's just so quick. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's good to see his progression. Again, you know, something we'll continue to monitor throughout the season. Uh, Mega Giants 89 in the chat says the 2005 six Suns and the 2021 22 Suns start the season uh, starts of the season are very similar. And here's something interesting. You know, it, the, the fun thing tonight was I wrote the the game preview and the recap for bright side of the sun. It was just good to, it felt good to have that rhythm again, to sit here, <laughs> watch a game, sit in the hotel room. I'm, I'm typing mm -hmm. about the game. So I'm really into it from an analytical standpoint. And one of the things I did is I went through and I actually took a look at how all of the Phoenix suns teams have done in season openers and home openers. So the season, this is the 54th season for the Phoenix suns. I should have the stat me Dave thing here. Uh, but I'm not Dave, so I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the 54 season openers for the Suns mm. with this loss tonight, the Suns are now 29 and 25 in season openers all time. And they're 36 and 18 in home openers. The fun fact is the Suns through their first 22 seasons. So that's 1989, 90. They were 18 and four in home openers. So as I was going through this, you look at the seven seconds or less era and, you know, even the, the Barkley era, a lot of those eras, we started the seasons with losses at home or, you know, whether it be at home or on the road. I mean, that's just kind of a reoccurring theme for the Phoenix Suns is they just we, we dropped some season openers, you know. Yeah. In the past, like four years, I think we we're three and one in the last four years. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's OK. Again, it's it's the first game of the season. Uh, Devin Booker, we can talk about him real quick. Really bad game, you know. If you look at the stats and just overall, I mean, three for fifteen from the from the court or from the field. Uh, twelve total points, two for seven from downtown. You know, and twelve of those or four of those points came from the free throw line. He was uh, a team worst negative twenty four on the plus minus, four assists, three turnovers. Just a bad bad game for Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. And everything looked good honestly from him i you know you say bad game and we really just mean the misses he yeah. was there but he was seemed like he was shooting more threes than usual and it seemed like he was like you know what if nothing's yeah, going down seven yeah if nothing's going down that's a lot i mean he kind of slimmed it down last year to where he would just you know get more to mid-range and we all know that but nothing was going so he's like if i'm gonna shoot anything i might as well shoot a three you know and 
any anything that was close, the little floaters, like I mentioned earlier, wasn't going in. Yeah. And even Chris Paul at one time like was like, God damn, can you just make an open <laughs> shot? Like I saw him say that, like on the court after Booker missed a wide open three to try to get them back in the game. They were down by like nine at the time. They're like their last chance to get back into it. Nice pass to him. Booker misses. It's like, dude, what is up? But it is the first game. It's the one guy, right, on the squad that had a lot of reps, of course, over the summer playing in the USA, uh, the USA Championship, the Olympics. <laughs> Team USA, yes. <laughs> Team USA playing in the Olympics. So you had that this offseason. You knew he, he didn't play much of preseason, but the last game. So it's going to take some time, and that's fine. So it's nothing to worry about. I liked what I saw from him, though. It was a lot of the same stuff, nothing really new jumped mm-hmm. out but it was a lot of the same stuff and the same book is a good book so sean h asks in our chat he says lissy what do you think about book's body language looked a little disinterested mm. you're the body language expert on the podcast uh what, what is your response to sean there huh well sean i don't know if i noticed that i did i did he look a little disinterested i feel like maybe he was just frustrated with his game but i didn't see like disinterested you mean like on the team, is he disinterested because of Aiden not getting his money? Is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, no, I can I can that? see what Sean is saying because normally there's a little bit of fire in Book. Okay, okay, and we, we, okay. And we saw that. I mean, he did get a technical foul, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, and, and even Kenneth Payne says it in the chat as well. He says his energy seemed off to me, and and I can kind of agree with that. It seemed like you know he was too stone cold. You normally get a little bit of fire. You know what's great about Devin Booker is in the interviews, in the pregames, he's always just stone cold. You know, he's very just kind of vanilla answers, just, you know, never smiling, never frowning. But when the game starts, you you see a little bit of energy from him. You know, if he hits a shot, and maybe it's because he didn't hit a shot, he went three for 15, so he wasn't screaming or yelling at any point during this game. You know what I was actually thinking today, and it's funny that you kind of brought this up with Booker, uh, Sean. I actually thought that, you know, his relationship with Kendall Jenner, I'm not even joking around. Like, it's so, okay. I feel like it's so intense and romantic in a way, right? I mean, he's been with her for forever. They had a summer together. And now today, it's like the start of basketball. Practice mm. in the morning, game at night. You're going to have a game Friday, Saturday. You're just so in love, right? You don't want to pee away from that person. And it's maybe this. just something, I in love his, this something take. in his mind. I'm serious. Like, it might be something there, too. You know, it's just like he loves the game. He loves being in, on the Suns. He loves playing here, of course. But it's – and I'm sure he gets to see her after the game. But it's just like maybe it's taking a toll mentally. Like, hey, I'm going to be missing a lot of her coming up. And it's going to suck because I love her to death. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just wants to be around her all the time. He doesn't even care exactly. about the game anymore. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. That's cute. Well – uh, we have a new segment here. I never even heard that song before. It's from High School Musical 2. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> so what bet on it is, is you'll notice if you follow us on Twitter that every morning uh, of a game day, we're going to just reach out to you and we're going to give you a parlayed player prop. Insert sportsbook sponsor here. Maybe DraftKings will pick us up. Maybe FanDuel will pick us up. And this morning we asked, you know, considering DeAndre Ayton is in the news, what was he going to do relative to total points and total rebounds? And, you know, is he going to do over 15.5 points or under 15.5 points? Over 15.5 rebounds, under 15.5 rebounds. And there's four possible outcomes. And based on the polls that we put out there on Twitter, 
we're going to bet that. We're going to bet $1 per game. Okay. The odds on tonight, uh, the 48% of the Jamsters said over points and over rebounds for DeAndre Ayton, 15.5 and over 10.5. The odds were plus 218 for that parlay. And if we put down a buck, we win $2.18. So uh, after the first official game, uh, we, we lost money, Matthew. We lost a dollar tonight because he was under on both under on both. And that brings me, that brings me. That's right. Champsters. It ain't going nowhere under 15.5 points and under 10.5 rebounds because he ended with a total of 15 points and six rebounds. So we're down a buck. But here's what's frustrating about this is he had 13 points at yes. halftime. Again, we said it earlier, the same old movie. D- DA disappears in the second half completely. Uh, I don't know if this is by design. I don't know if this is by a lack of aggressiveness. Um, and I and I don't want to go and say this is the reason why he's not maxed out. I don't want to start no. that narrative. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people are saying. But I want to know just like what's the why? Why, why is, does he disappear? Why does he ghost us for a quarter and a half? Is he back in the locker room texting Kendall? What's going on, Matthew? (laughs) I hope does he love her too? That'd be heartbreaking. You know, it's Um, like your older brother's girlfriend, you know, you love her too. Yeah. Well, just on DA's play really quick. He like Cam Johnson getting the spot seemed like he was a lot smoother um, offensively. DA that is DA seemed like he was smoother offensively in the first quarter it seemed like even the second quarter, it seemed like the offense as a whole was a lot quicker. They were flowing better. Because oh, DA great. looked like DA looked like he knew exactly what to do every play. And it was just it seemed like sometimes his teammates were even late to give him the ball because he was already ready for it. He was ready, he was under the basket late. Oh, here comes the coverage, and he has to pass it back out. So you saw a lot of that, and then you saw all the same things of you know, Chris Paul not giving him the ball. I don't know what it is, but it killed us last year in the playoffs a lot. And our post-game pods were all about why is he not getting the ball? Yeah. Why is he not getting the ball? It was every game we would lose, right? Mm-hmm. Every game we would lose. He would start out with 12 points and he he made eight points. He had eight points in the first. Easy breezy. He had a three-pointer made. It's just like I don't know why they go away from it. Is it a Chris Paul thing? Because a lot of it looks like it from uh, from our standpoint, it looks like it. So I don't know. I'm not going to blame anybody, but it's just so strange because no other center that should deserve the max. You know, even you heard it from Bill Simmons, he deserves the max. Yeah. He's a guy that's going to be, you know, a superstar, I guess, already. But a Carl Anthony Towns, a, a center that can just score at will, like DeAndre, and he even had the floater tonight. Why he had, are they going he away had, from him? He had all the tools out there. To Everything. He, he, he hit a three. So good. He hit a three, his first shot, the first points of the season for the Phoenix Suns. A fadeaway 11-foot jumper by DeAndre Ayton over Nikola Jokic. Looked fucking smooth. He yeah. hits the jumpers. He was hit, he was, you know, picking up the trash inside the lane. And then all of a sudden, you know, and and I don't have the numbers in front of me uh on minutes played in both of those halves. And I'm I'm sure I could find them somewhere. Um but it's the just like he, yeah, the minutes played, you know, like how many minutes did he play in the first half versus how many minutes did he play in the second half? But it was just like, where did he go? Where did he go? Like, I just, <laughs> you know, it was it was frustrating because that's the one thing that you knew was working. When you have the the team out there uh, jacking up three-pointers, 
you know, you're like, well, hold on. I mean, that's what made the sun so good last year is, and, and we saw this before it happening wins and losses where they'd fall in love with that three ball. They do it for like two or three possessions. And then like Chris Paul, like, no, no, no guys, like let's play our offense. Let's get the mid range shots. Let's, you know, let, let's feed DA, you yeah. know, all the fun stuff. And it just, none of it really was clicking tonight. And it was, again, it's fr- just frustrating not to see DA continue that dominant performance. I mean, that's why all of the jamsters who voted on our poll at, on uh, on Twitter wanted us to take both overs because they thought he was going to come out and just whoop some ass. And he hit both unders. He did the exact opposite. It's not like he went over points and under rebounds or under points and over rebounds. He got both unders. So you owe us a buck, jamsters. <laughs> no, I was kidding. Yeah, it's and like you know, if this is who he is, I don't, I don't see that tonight. I don't see like him being, you know, I'm going to take a back seat. He was there still. He was available. It looks like I just, I don't know what happened, man. It's yeah, an it's, unsolved mystery, honestly. <laughs> we need to get uh that Robert Stack in here, like dun 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 dun. The terrifying, terrifying what? music. <laughs> oh, that's probably before your time. I'm unsolved sorry. mysteries, bro. Oh, okay, okay. That's, Un- okay. Unsolved mysteries. Come on, man. I know. I'm a um, so let's talk about you know, uh, you know, uh, there's one guy who we haven't brought up yet, and I've definitely been waiting for this one because he yes. really fortified everything I love about him. All I can say is Sham. Wow, dude. Landry Shaman, I mean, it, it got to the point tonight where we were sitting there watching the game, or I was sitting there watching the game. I'm like, dude, we need points. Put in Landry mm-hmm. Shamit already. Because he is uh he he's automatic points, man. Ends the night with a total of oh, there's eleven, 11 points, po- eleven points yeah. on four for five shooting, uh, three rebounds, only played 19 minutes. And I feel like that's a crime. Yeah. I feel like that's a crime. I mean, here we go with this, right? I th- I think like when Book's not hitting, uh, Chris Paul's a little off. You're not going to go to DA. You might as well have like Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, and Shamit in there to run the show. I mean, the mm-hmm. second unit's what got them back in the third yes. quarter. Yes. So I, there, these are things that we got to look out for this season because if this keeps happening, and I, I doubt it will. I bet you we're going to win a lot more games with our starting unit, of course. But the, when they're playing that well, and Shamit, of course, is a guy where he's just everywhere. He is a hustle guy already, right? Mm-hmm. Making those plays, saving the ball. Him and Nader are probably the, the two hustle guys coming off the bench. And I just think that you got to play these guys, and it's 19 minutes, so maybe, I don't know, he just got paid, but what's his restriction really the first night? What would it be, like 25 minutes? Throw him in there a little extra. He was a, he was a solid player from anywhere he was on the court. So missing out on him was a big no-no for the Suns tonight. I think, yeah, you're right. Keep him in a little bit longer. Yeah, I think that... You know, he's already displaying the ability to fill up the bucket quick. Uh, he wasn't getting burned necessarily on defense. That's not why you took him out. And, you know, again, it's it's game one, and we know this. Like, we're obviously yeah. overanalyzing everything because we have a Suns podcast, and that's what we do is we have a post-game <laughs> show, and we're going to talk about all aspects of, the, of this particular game, not the long-term health of the lineups and things of that nature. But you're, you're starting to just try to understand how Monty Williams is going to utilize this deep, deep team that he has in an effort to be successful. You know, there was one lineup out there that started, I want to say the second quarter, Cameron Payne came in and he was just kind of all over the place. He was just like, he he was like a, a piece of dynamite that just blew up. I mean, he was just so excited to be playing and out there. And, and like, so his first few possessions were really bad. So yeah. to start the second quarter, it was Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, along with uh, Abdul Nader, 
Cam yep. Johnson at the four and JaVale McGee at the five. And that really kind of settled the Suns down. That's actually what started that first initial 16-0 run that got the Suns not only back in the game, but up 16 points is because Chris Paul was out there utilizing Landry Sham, utilizing uh, those assets around him in an effort to be successful. And you didn't really see Monty Williams go back to those kind of lineups in the third quarter going into the fourth. It was it was campaign who came in, who, again, it was more of a contained piece of dynamite going into that or at the end of the third quarter. And that's what the Suns did. They had kind of really good middle quarters, uh, but really bad end quarters. You know, they ended with 16 points in the fourth quarter, man, 20 points in the first and then 38 in the in the second. So, I mean, they scored in the first and the fourth quarter. They scored 36 points. They had 38 in the second alone. I mean, it, that's the frustrating part. The the constant inconsistency. They don't even score 100 points on opening night. I feel bad for anybody who's in Arizona who actually bet on the Suns to score anywhere near the over or anything like that. I'm glad I'm in California and I can't. You know? <laughs> I know. Jesus. I'm sure they have fun all over the place. We thought maybe this would be a, a barn burner, but it wasn't. Honestly, the, what I looked at with Chris Paul, I love how he played with the second unit. It's so weird mm-hmm. how even last year, he's so good with the second unit. It's almost like put him on the bench. He like trusts those guys more. It's, it's weird. He has maybe it's because Aiden's out. Oh, maybe that's all it is. Maybe because Aiden's not playing with them. That's probably the biggest thing. But no, he he does a good job with that lineup. I actually wrote down that lineup when they were playing because they look so good together. But that's just another weapon for the Suns. I mean, going into this year, it's like him with the bench. So you're going to get a lot more a lot more players get rest while he's in there. And then he comes out. Booker comes in. Campaign. Yeah, campaign did start a little frazzled. But then in the third quarter, he kind of picked it up, got the intensity back for the Suns. So it's like they trade off and on. And you have a lot of these mixed, uh, you know, mixed lineups with the, with the bench and the starters that look really good tonight, I thought. Yeah, and that's going to be the thing moving forward for this team is seeing how Monty Williams utilizes all of these different pieces and and sees what clicks and what doesn't. You know, but let let's play the other side of this coin if you will. Let, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets. You you have to give them credit for coming into Phoenix and putting up 110 points on a team that swept them in the NBA Western Conference semifinals last year. Uh, they're led by Nikolai Jokic, 27 points and 13 rebounds, 13 to 22 shooting uh, one for six from deep like that would drive me crazy if, if da shooting six from deep like i'm i'm not happy um well, what'd you see from denver tonight that really uh you know stood out to you and how do you think that their season's gonna go without jamal murray and with michael porter jr uh and the rest of that team i think they'll be good they'll be solid i think tonight was a game the suns could have probably won if they ever put together another run but what the Nuggets did tonight, I think, is just because of what happened last year. A lot of, I mean, that had to take a big part of like how the energy they came out with. Will Barton, of course, he's always going to be that guy, right? Every time we play the Nuggets, he's going to be the guy. It, it's on fire. MPJ was the one guy I was looking at, so his mid range was looking pretty good. He had one three towards late in the fourth quarter to kind of kind of seal the deal for the Nuggets. But everything looked good. Jokic did shoot a lot of threes and miss all of them almost. But I liked his game, too. Everything looked great. He was taking the ball from coast to coast like he always does mm-hmm. and does a little layup around everybody. Everyone's trying to guard him, and he just, like, slithers his arm through everybody and gets a lay-in. So it seems like the same team. Without Jamal Murray, it's always a question because how good they look when he plays solid, and he he's that guy to give them the energy, and, you know, he's a light-out, lights-out shooter. But I just think this this team is good enough to actually get back to a place – 
to where they can be a contender in a way to where they give people fits. I know they got swept yes. in the playoffs, but I think MPJ, if he can build a good season, he'll be like that missing piece that they didn't have last year. Yeah, this is a team that I don't know, you know, when you look at seeding, if they're going to be a top six seed, they're playing uh, game team to me, but yeah, they're, they're a playing game tough team. Because one, they have the experience without a doubt. And two, come playoff time and playing game, they might have Jamal Murray back. Mm-hmm. So that makes them a tough team, you know. And when you have the Nikolai Jokic, you know, they, they could potentially be maybe a five seed, but I don't know if they could be much higher than that. You know, as a lot of the Jamsters are saying in the chat, and again, you know, thank you to the people who are joining us on YouTube. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's, it's great to have the Jamsters back. I know, you know. I know. You know, it's really, it's, I'm so excited to be doing this again on a consistent basis. Uh, but a lot of people are saying like, this is, this isn't about the Nuggets. This is about the Suns. The Suns didn't play well. The, you know, the, the, as Kenneth Payne says, like our defense and our energy wasn't good enough. Uh, you know, we run at their shooters and they have nothing. You know, I'll, I'll disagree with that. I mean, they were fucking nailing those threes late. Um, you know, uh, Co JJM asks in the chat: Is losing Willie Green part of the defense looking so bad? And I'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll I'll say no. I'll say no. I mean, if on a long enough timeline this team is a bad defensive team, then yes, I think that narrative is something we need to explore. But this is the first game of the season. Let's get about 20 games in the season. I always like to get to tell about 20 games in the season. Then you really have a good understanding of who your team is, what their true strengths are, and what their true weaknesses are. And after one game, it's just not enough of a sample size to really make that decision. Don't you agree, Matthew? Yeah, no, it's not at all. Um, the effort and stuff, I think it's just, it's been such a weird week for the Suns. Everything that happened with DA, that's a yes. lot. It's a lot to go into a game, and then you have to focus on him, even though they, they didn't focus on him late in the game, but that's just a lot for a team to come in there. And then facing the Nuggets team, like I mentioned twice already, they got swept. So you have those two things. It's going to be a little off tonight, all right? It's going to take some time. This team will still win 50-plus games and uh there's just uh, there's so much cool there's so much things i saw tonight that i'm very excited to watch going to the rest of the year even though it was a loss because these players the development everything is still there everything is progressing just little things here or there we would have got the win yeah Devin booker if Devin booker had shown up tonight we would have you're not wrong with that statement though you really no. aren't you know i mean three for 15 if he hits you know three more of those shots you know, that's six extra points. All of a sudden, this game is a lot closer. And, you know, a lot of different things are occurring with our offense and the way that we're approaching uh, different possessions at the back end of the game. So yeah. it kind of it, it, it kind of it, it's a bunch of little factors that equated overall uh, to a victory for the Nuggets and for a loss for the Suns. You know, like I mentioned, the first quarter and the fourth quarter, man, 36 total points in those two quarters. That's not going to cut it. You know, 38 in the second, we finally we, we, we saw what this team's is capable of or we saw what this team's capable of. And I think back to last season where we started eight and eight and there's that gelling period. And, you know, I think it'll be less this season because so many of these guys have played together and the new guys who've been added to this team really look good. Landry Shamit, mm-hmm. JaVale McGee looked good tonight as well. You know, he wasn't anything crazy, you know, but he went ahead and he added six points on three or four shooting and he had eight rebounds coming off the bench. Like that really addresses a big need of of what the phoenix suns have uh shout out to han Han sagan han sagan in the chat four dollars and 99 cents via the super chat thank you 
That's five more bucks towards Matthew's Cam Johnson jersey. Uh, this is just a classic revenge game is what Han says. He says this was like the Nuggets game five. No big deal. Very, very true statement there. Yeah. You know, again, it's unfortunate that we lost, you know, but there's 81 more of these things to go. So I'm not overly worried. Matthew, are you overly worried in any way, shape or form? Was there anything that you saw tonight where you're like, ah, shit. Yeah, just the Aiton thing. That was that was the biggest thing. I'm like, if that pucks his head all season long, there's a reason we brought back Aiton Watch because we're gonna be doing this a lot. Uh-huh. We can't help it. Keep, He's the number one overall we, pick. We did answer just like you know James Jones came on came on the broadcast and he talked about. I don't know if you saw, it, but he was yes, with I did. ESPN, and, and then said, they couldn't three agree in the middle of the years. interview. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't agree on the years. It's like, did you even hear anything about that before? So it's like there's little things that need to come out that we need to know more about this team and why if they're not giving Aiden the ball or something. I don't know. So that's an interesting conversation. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the uh, details about that, but essentially, you know, with DA, it was, I want the the full max or nothing. So there was no really even negotiating mm-hmm. for DA, whereas they there was with McHale. McHale wanted a ton of money. The, the Phoenix Suns wanted to give him less than that. And they kind of met in the middle. And that's what's frustrating about DA. And I feel like his agent really fucked him on this one. Uh, because it's just it's going to create a bad narrative throughout the season for him. It's always going to be talked about, and I think that probably about halfway during the season, I wouldn't be surprised if DA's agent gets the axe. Because essentially, the Suns don't want you know one of the one of the stories that came out was the Suns didn't want to offer him the five years they wanted to offer him the four years because they wanted to keep flexibility open in case they wanted to pick up uh, another player who had received a rookie extension, a full rookie extension, which includes potentially the five mm. years. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, you, if you listen to fanning the flames on bright side of the sun.com, uh, they talk about a lot on their last po- podcast and they mentioned the name De'Aaron Fox is somebody who potentially James Jones could be, you know, he's playing the long-term greed, not the short-term greed game. And DA didn't want to, you know, he wanted to sit there and just kind of, no, I want the full max. And, I want the respect, you, right? Yeah, exactly. It was all about yeah. the respect relative to his draft class. And again, nights like tonight, kind of remember, you know, everybody was really high on DA about his performance in the NBA finals. Uh, everyone knows that I'm a massive DeAndre Ayton supporter. I love him. I think he's a, he, I mean, I, I tweeted out from the Suns Jam Session uh, account earlier in the game because he, in that first half, he was, he was playing fantastic. Like, I actually dropped this one on on all of our Twitter followers. Pay him. Pay that man his money. And come the second half, I'm like, where is this guy? You know, and like that's as you mentioned, that's the story of DA. So, yes, you know, when the offseason comes, we're going to talk about all year. And when the offseason comes next year, he's a restricted free agent. And that's when we're really going to know what his market value is. He thinks his market value is a rookie extension five year max which as Kenneth Payne actually hit me up on uh, Facebook. And he's just like, dude, do you realize that he's asking for more money than Devin Booker makes? I was like, dude, I didn't even think about that. You know? So it's like, he, yeah, he, that, me neither. That, that's what he thinks his market value is. And you know what? When restricted free agency happens next year, we'll truly know. And we're going to have another year to take a look at DeAndre and see if he's worth that. So again, you know, I trust in James Jones at the end of the day. I do trust James Jones. People are going to sit there, Bill Simmons, oh, it's Bob Sarver's fault. Oh, Bob Sarver doesn't want to spend any money. You know what? Maybe James Jones is making just a really smart business decision and you're just not giving him the credit for that. That's what I said last podcast where I was just saying, I think James Jones is still the guy. I know Robert Sarver's going to get a lot of crap, but I think James Jones is making the decisions. This is the Shaman thing for the Shaman, the reason the Shaman, oh my God. 
the Shamit deal when it came through. I'm like, that's a James Jones deal. I feel like that's mm-hmm. nothing to do. Robert Sarver, you know, James Jones paid him more money than we ever thought they were going to give Shamit. That's James Jones. It is. It's a long term thing, and I've never been part of anything ever to where I flip flop whose side I'm on in this situation. Okay, I wanted DA to get signed, of course, and you're mm-hmm. saying the max for five years. No, I don't want that. He wanted that. I don't know. We don't know anything about this, and that's what sucks. And then I see like DA walking on the court. Uh, one possession when when he's coming in off the bench and Monty Williams looked at him like, what the hell did you just say or something? It was a weird look he gave him or something. Uh. So I don't know if there is something going on to where he's just being a little bit, he hasn't been to media day or he hasn't been to the, uh, the media. Yeah, yeah He's not talking to media after practices. Yeah. 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 So he's not doing that for two days in a row. So is it going to get unprofessional? It's going to be one of those things that drags on because of his attitude. So I'm so back and forth. And it's like, it's like you have, you have your dad, you have your stepdad, your step pepper, <laughs> You, you like both of them, but some days you don't like the other, right? Whichever one you're with, you like that one. And then the other one you like when you're with that one. So it's just, it's back and forth. I cannot make up my mind whose side I'm on. So I just hope it doesn't destroy this team now. Yeah. And I wasn't I, even thinking that earlier. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know that. if it will. I honestly I don't, don't think I it, because not. Chris Paul's on the team, because you yeah, JaVale McGee, because you have such positive, you know, the reason contract situations used to fuck the Suns in the mid 2010s is because they never had that quality veteran leadership. So you could have Marquise Morris and Marquise, Marcus Morris get pissed off. You could have Eric Bledsoe get pissed off. You could yeah. have all these guys who didn't have, you know, like Chris Paul will pull him aside and say, Hey man, don't fuck this up, man. This is my 17th year. And I want to go for an NBA champ championship you better check your attitude at the door motherfucker like this is all about being professional we're workers here we're professional okay i see da looking over him like whatever like i see that i see him just be like oh whatever i'll tell you this it ain't no ben simmons situation can we agree on that it's not. Thank, Thank God that thing God. is happening. Thank- it's overshadowing this a little bit. Yes, more. it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Long John Silver eighty five in the chat says yeah, sign and trade it. for cat. You said just go ahead, it. just do it. fuck that. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. we we're and gonna no- talk about this all year. Just might as well get it over with, man. No. I mean, if DA is gonna be ignored on the floor, you might as well have cat on the team. Nah, f that, dude. The last thing I want I'm is Carl Anthony Towns. I'm I know not you. Serious. I know you. I know you're saying. not. I know you're not, but I just yeah. last thing I want is Carl Anthony Towns. I like defense, and you know what? Da showed today that he can play the defense again. Yeah. I mean, Jokic, Jokic dropped. Uh, you can't stop seven, but you can't, you can't stop, stop him. him. Exactly. No, he's exactly. lovely. Okay, uh, I haven't made a drop for this yet, but I will. Trust me, it'll probably have something to do with like picking your nose or something. Uh, but again, we are doing the pod versus pod pick'em, us versus fanning the flames. Uh, you know, they put their podcast out once a week and they announced on their podcast their picks for this week. They picked the Denver Nuggets to lose this game, as did the, as did we. So we're both 0-1 on the season. They have the Suns winning the next two games. Obviously, we only have, you know, we go a game at a time because we go live after every game. Uh, do you think the Suns will beat the Lakers before we preview the Suns versus the Lakers? I think they're going to lose. Um, I think the Suns, this is what we did last year. Every time the Suns would lose, I'd be like, they're going to lose. And then when they win, we're going to be that they're winning. But the Lakers lost the first game. I think they have to win. They just want to win, right? They want to play the Suns. They want to defeat them because of what they did to them last year. So it might be 0-2 against the first two teams we played in the playoffs. So I'm going that way. Well, I mean, we have to make this decision as a pod because I'll lock, I know. I'm, I'm the one who has to lock it in. So you're saying right. Suns lose against the Lakers on Friday night at Los mm-hmm. Angeles. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Well, I'll say this. 
damn you, Lissy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, and then Kenneth Payne says, we're going to beat the shit out of the old ass Lakers. All right, I changed my mind. Well, so let's, so, so let's let's preview this game a little bit. You know, uh, we got a few minutes here left on the pod. Let, let's mm-hmm. talk about the Lakers, okay? And then based on this conversation, we can go ahead and make our official pick, and I'll lock it in. And you can follow these picks if you want to at pickwatch.com. If you go to NBA, you can search for So Says Jay and Suns Jam. You can actually see our standings, so you can officially see uh, who we pick, but we'll talk about it on all of our podcasts anyways. Um, so the Lakers, obviously, they're coming off the opening night loss against the Warriors. Did you watch that game, Matthew? Uh no, I actually did. I wasn't able to really watch basketball last night, dude. Man, oh, I, yeah. I enjoyed watching that game. You know what's funny? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the subject a little bit here, but I'll, I'll it'll, it'll all come around. So obviously tonight was what game four of the NLCS, right? Dodgers versus Braves. Was it? See, I don't know that. Yeah. So I was, you know, I'm here in Palm Desert. And I'm at one of our communities that's getting ready to get opened, and essentially what I had to do all day was unload boxes and inventory the items they're like kitchen items you know like i i'm a food and beverage director so we're getting ready to open a food and beverage outlet here so i'm literally just like going through pots and pans and ladles and and all kinds of crap and even though i'm doing this i'm excited right i'm excited because i know tonight's going to be fun and it was and like the dodgers were the furthest thing from my mind i was like dude it's fucking it's basketball season man like i watched the lakers and i watched the warriors last night the suns today yeah the dodgers lost they're down 3-1 and i don't know if i care like of course they're my team and i love them and like it sucks that they're gonna end up losing to the braves but i'm like you know what if they lose just like your yankees lost like i don't have to fucking think about baseball again i can focus 110 percent on basketball so mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But uh, but looking at the Lakers matchup, I was watching that game last night. The the problem that the Lakers had were, were twofold. One, they looked tired in the about the middle of the third on, and the Warriors just took off because they're young and they're youthful. And that's obviously the continual narrative on the Lakers is they're old. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I agree with that. And you saw it come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second thing that I saw last night was the integration with Russell Westbrook is definitely going to take some time. Because he wants to be aggressive, but again, playing next to LeBron, like you don't know when you're allowed to be <clears throat> aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know when the Suns play the Lakers if they're going to have any of that figured out. I think you have JaVale McGee is, you know, that's kind of a little revenge game for him. I don't know, man. I think the Suns take this one. Yeah. You know, I'm going to swing the other way. I'm going to say they win too, because when I was thinking about it, when you were talking about the Dodgers, and how much, you know, you don't, it, it makes sense you don't care about them because who cares about baseball? But I was thinking <laughs> that the Suns, they they looked good. And I said it all podcast on to look good. There's little things they could have won the game. So the Lakers just, yeah, they look old. The thing is they do look old. And when that happens and the, and the media talks about it all day long, they're going to come back out Friday night and look even better. So that's what's kind of scary to me. Um, but I'll I'll pick the Suns with you. All right, let's okay. hold hands. Let's, let's let's do the Suns. All right, let's let's hold hands and lock it in. Uh, this is the same pick as Fanning the Flames, so we're both picking the Suns to win the first two games. Uh, I'm hoping that we are tied with them at the end of this one. Uh, we yeah. will be no matter what because we're picking the same exact team. So um, one thing I want to talk, you know, we got about five minutes left on the podcast, so let's go ahead and drop thoughts. Um, brains has to do with the nba not necessarily the phoenix suns but we still like to talk about basketball because we are basketball <laughs> fans um ben simmons talk about it 
Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I've always been a big supporter of him, right? Like I, yes, I, I love his game. Yeah, I've had his back, and I thought about that all day today after hearing everything that's happened in practice. And then they're saying Joel Embiid says we're not going to babysit this guy. Yeah, man. You know, it's that's what that's why it's so weird to from the outside. You don't know what's going on, and I just assume that this guy is there. He's ready to play, but. I guess not, man. I guess he he has the biggest attitude thing. I was worried about it for Aiden, maybe, but Ben Simmons just does not give a crap, and he wants to be somewhere else. And he could go somewhere next year and be great, but the way he's exiting, this is probably worse than what Harden did. Oh, it's just it's, it's a bad it's a bad look. Everything that's been said, even when you have Joel Embiid saying that to the media, you just know that they were holding it in for so long to try to get rid of this motherfucker. Like that's yeah. probably what they were thinking, right? Yeah, probably. You know, and again, like with the Harden situation, Harden handled it like a seasoned veteran would. He's like, "Listen, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the part. Uh, I'm gonna eat a lot of chicken wings. I'm gonna come in overweight, and I'm going to perform on the court. But I'm gonna take some plays off, you know. And like, but Ben Simmons is approaching this like. Um, God, I don't want to say like a millennial because I technically am a millennial, but I've managed millennials in the past. And one of the things that you see with people that I, or things that I've run into as a manager in the past is entitlement, uh, and a, a sense of leverage that does not exist. Like, I don't care if, you know, like you might've been babied your whole life. And now that you're in the real world and something's not going your way, you sit there and be like, well, no, this doesn't. This doesn't, I get what I want. And it's like, well, you know what? The real world doesn't care if you get what you want. You know, again, with the Ben Simmons things, and, and, and this is where when you connect it with DeAndre Ayton, the situation, in both situations, the the leverage, the the entitled assumed leverage doesn't exist. Like with Ben Simmons, like he just signed that max deal. You know, he's got 40 years left on this max deal. You know, with DeAndre Ayton, like he thinks he's worthy of a max and the Suns are like, okay, we'll call your bluff. We'll see what you're worth on the market next year. And you'll see that no one necessarily is going to pay that much for you. Or if it is, it's like Cleveland or something, you know? So it's like this perceived perception is very, uh, is very, it's not being executed properly. And these guys are getting bad advice, you know, and listen to Ben or uh, Bill Simmons and Jackie McMullen talk about it on the Bill Simmons podcast today. You know, they had a valid point. It's like, you know, this guy might be going through some mental health issues and that's okay. You know, if that's the case, but he needs to own that and, uh, and, and talk about it. Cause he's acting really strange. He just doesn't give a shit. He's gone into that locker room and he's just been a poison to that team. And it sucks because I do like watching the 76ers. I do too. And I love those guys together. I really do. And, um, his game though, just got to a level to where I think he's satisfied with. I think that's all it is. I think he knows like his game He's like, I'm not going to improve anywhere else, even though people are asking me to. So it's like, why can't I just do what I do and then help this team win? Even though, you know, there's certain situations in the playoffs where he he just can't provide anything to help the team. So that's where he stands. And I think it is just something to where he's not going to put in the work to do anything else. And that's that's when you have players talking out about him, that's the one thing I feel like players see out of the players is that work ethic. And that's the one Absolutely. thing that probably takes a lot of them off if you're not putting that in. And, that's and Joel Embiid was one of those guys too, but now I feel like he's turned it around. And maybe that rubbed off on Ben Simmons where they both were just kind of guys, you know, we're, we're big, we're going to get the ball in the, under the hoop, play some good defense. But now Embiid went the other way. Embiid's ready to win a championship. Ben Simmons, of course he wants to, but is he putting in the work? And I obviously not. If you're getting kicked out of practice, you're not. 
All right, so Blaze Megatron, one of our elite jamsters, uh, he says, feel sorry for my fellow countrymen. He gets massively dissed, and now he's the baby. Come on, Voida, Doc fucked this up. If you're referring to Doc Rivers when being asked after the his performance mm-hmm. last year in the playoffs, if Ben Simmons was the answer at point guard, and him just saying, I don't know, which is an honest answer, that's not massively dissed. That's, that's reality. Is Ben Simmons truly the answer at point guard for that team you know so it's like yeah have you heard his voice it's it it, will but it's it's how you respond to those to to criticism you know again some people when provided with feedback like joel Embiid, when he got that feedback you know he he worked on it and he still has got a lot of work to do yeah you know i mean i mean he got you want to talk about being dissed i mean the whole tnt crew fucking murdered that guy i know you know and you give a little bit of feedback about a guy who played really poorly. There's rumors now coming out about Ben Simmons, you know, saying, Oh, I was around the masseuse who uh, everyone has, you know, the COVID masseuse. So who he potentially didn't have to play in the game seven because he lacked complete and utter confidence in himself. You know, again, yeah. I'm just, I don't understand. Uh, or I do understand Philly's take on this. And it's like, do Ben Simmons, all he's doing is digging himself further a grave because no one, it's like you said, it's one thing if the media sits there and says like this guy, you know, he's a baby or, you know, or if we have takes on it, but when you have teammates coming out and saying that shit, like that's when you know you fucked up because it's your fellow teammates who you have to ride or die with. Like I've been in the army. I've had people who you've had to trust next to you and be like, dude, this person's got to save me and, and, and defend me if we go to war. And there's some people you liked and some people you didn't trust. And you know, Ben Simmons has crossed over to that point where it's like, they don't want to go to war with this guy anymore. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's really a mental health thing as much as it's just a confidence, you know, maybe it's just that. And that's hard for a lot of people, man. I mean, for myself, like you putting yourself out there even more in the rejection you might get from it, that's hard to face, dude. And it's something that he probably just faces every day and he doesn't want to go through it. He is who he is and he's still young, man. So maybe, yes. and I hope he gets over it. I hope he has a great I do too. I love him as a player. I love him. Even if he keeps the same game, I don't care. I love watching this guy play. Just get it to another team, get it over with, you know, and they should have took some other trades, but now it might be too late. And lastly, blaze. He's like, you should say yes, support your guy and not give a sound bite. You know, sometimes you get those questions when you're being asked them in front of the microphone and, you know, he, God forbid he was real in that moment. I get it. You know, long John yeah. silver says some things just stay in house and I get that too. You know? So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, then why do they do the interviews? If we're just going to give us the vanilla answer every time he was actually real in that moment, right after losing in the, in the playoffs. And he just had a real moment and it wasn't anything overly detrimental to, mm-hmm. to Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons took it as detrimental. He overread into it again. He he yeah. he overread that moment. But we spent way too much time talking about not nonsense stuff. But you know, again, thank you to Blaze Megatron for co- conversing with us. That's what this is about. Uh, and I think that's it, Matthew. I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up. You ready? I'm ready, man. And honestly, right. ending the podcast with every with Ben Simmons, we should do that the rest of the year. Yeah, because, Ben Simmons you know, talks. Well, well, here let, let let's play this bite. <laughs> Let's get positive. We've got Suns basketball on Friday night, 7 p.m., correct? Is it 7 or 8 p.m.? It's, it's 7, 7 p.m. Okay, 7 p.m. Yeah, on ESPN. 7 and 7 Saturday. Perfect. Back-to-back up. Pissed. Back-to-back up, <laughs> upcoming. Stay positive, Matthew. But we have a back-to-back upcoming, so the Suns Jam session will be live right after those games. The best 
post-game podcast on Planet Orange. Make sure if you listen to this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're getting your podcast. Uh, still not getting any new five-star Apple podcasts. So we need you, Jamsters, to go ahead, give us five stars, leave us a review. If you're watching this podcast, please hit that thumbs up button. Let everyone know where they can get the best post-game Phoenix Suns content uh, on Planet Orange. Um, you can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. You can you can follow the show at Suns Jam. We'll see you Friday night. I'll be back home. Woohoo. Uh Matthew, take us home. All right. Everyone go home and love your family. All right. We'll see you Friday. And hopefully my camera works better. <laughs> All right then. <laughs>